Hello, 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 everyone. You are now tuning into Frida's World Podcast, a platform where women of color can have open, honest, and candid discussions about our experiences being professional women in this 21st century. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host, CEO, and founder of Frida Women NYC, a fashion brand that sets out to motivate and instill confidence in professional women through the use of fashion accessories. So if you're looking for ways to enrich your life, enhance your personal skills, or hell, if you're looking to just have a good laugh, grab a big glass of something and join on in. So aside from May being Mental Health Awareness Month, May is also Haitian Heritage Month. And as a very proud Haitian American, I would be remiss if I did not highlight at least one amazing Haitian American woman who is making their mark in society. So this week's Frida Woman of the Week is dedicated to Marlene Francois, who is a licensed clinical social worker and the founder of The Therapist Planner. So we were able to kill two birds with one stone this week by highlighting a Haitian-American woman who is obviously killing it in the game, but also a licensed clinical social worker who is in the field of mental health. If you want to learn more about Marlene Francois and the amazing things that she is doing within this realm, please check out our social media this Friday for our Frida Women Fridays feature. You can check it out on our social media on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at the handle Frida Women NYC. Again, that's F R E E D A Women NYC on the social media platforms of Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay, everyone, welcome back to Frida's World Podcast, Season 2, Episode 12. And today I am here with a very special guest, Fruit of My Ovaries, my son, Jediah Glenn. Jediah, say hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> So many of you affectionately know him as the kid. Um, that's how I tend to refer to him. Yeah, yeah, that's what they call me now. How do you feel so. about that, though? Mm. <laughs> There's nothing wrong There's with it. Nothing There's wrong with it. Name, it's a right? good thing because it keeps name. me anonymous. Yeah, I get I, anonymous. Well, we just gave your whole government on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, he is here with me today. We're going to talk a little bit about Mother's Day, right? Yep. And we're going to just talk about a couple of topics um, within the realm of mental health as we are still in Mental Health Awareness Month, which is the month of May. Um, a lot of times we, you know, we focus on the issues of mental health more so regarding adults, but we don't really talk about mental health in kids and what they even know about mental health and, you know, what they think about it. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about today um, about working moms and a lot of the guilt that we feel as being working moms in that sometimes, we, you know, we're not able to make kids performances and whatnot. And we feel like we're not there for our child the way we need to. And we're going to get the perspective of the kid and to see, you know, as he is, you know, my child and I'm a working mom involved in so many different things. You know, what mm -hmm. are some of his thoughts? So this is going to be a very honest, very transparent podcast. 
Um, we didn't rehearse this before, right? Nope. Exactly. So straight I, out know, the books. Who knows? I might get shocked today. <laughs> but uh, before we go deep into this conversation, I wanted to say Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. Yes. As Sunday is Happy Mother's yes. Day, right? Yep. And so Jedi and I, we have a Mother's Day tradition where every year we go to brunch, right? Mm -hmm. And we go to a spot called the Farm on Adderley, which is here in Brooklyn. The food is good. Really good. Yeah, I think I go there at least once a month regardless. But um, a couple of years ago, we ended up there and that's become our Mother's Day traditional spot Spot, every single year, right? But the thing is, we didn't really do anything after that. So I think you want to... Try like we should try and do something after that. Are you putting my business out here on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know. We need to know that we didn't do anything last it was year. Kind of Listen, it, the, it was the brunch that counted. All the right, the brunch, the, the nice <laughs> food, and the strawberries. But yes, but Happy Mother's Day to, to all of the mothers out there. Um, celebrate. Please, you know, take that time for yourself or if you like to celebrate with your kids, as I tend to do so every single year, do that. But definitely, you know, acknowledge, you know, yourself on this particular day. Although it should be Mother's Day every single day of the year, right, Jediah? Yep. But it's always good to have that one day where the world recognizes how, you know, good of mothers we are, right? All right. So. Because you're really good at it. Well, thank you. Thank you, child. You're you're welcome. (laughs) So to start the conversation, like I said, wanted to talk about mental health. And so Jediah, you know, being an 11 year old, Mm -hmm. um, we don't really have these conversations too much. Well, we do, but not not so much. Um, Mm -hmm. When somebody says mental health, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Um, Sometimes like a lot of anger. Um, sometimes like a lot of anger uh i'd say like sadness it depends to me it depends on the situation but um so when you think about mental health like if somebody says you know um the or somebody if somebody talks about mental health you automatically think sadness um no i think sadness the main things that come to my head are sadness and anger and why do you think that? Um, just that's what I like when people mention mental health. Sometimes that's what I normally hear of or see. Okay. Now, in you know your school, and obviously, don't give any names of anybody. Right. Um, but do you do you and your friends talk about your feelings and how, you know, things make you feel and how you react to certain things? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how adults will get together and we'll talk about how we had such a bad day and, yeah. we, you know, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we try to figure out, like, you know, how to be better or how to feel better. Do you and your friends at school do things, you know, discuss issues at all? Um. Well, like, sometimes... We uh we discuss like sometimes if like somebody walks in and they don't look so happy, we all ask, Hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? And they'll, you know, give like a simple yes or no or maybe so answer. And when they do, we ask, Well, do you wanna talk about it? And if they say yes, you know, we discuss it. If they say no, we totally respect that because it's their opinion and it's their choice whether they want to discuss their feelings or not. But yeah, say we do that. Okay. 
Now, here's something a little more serious. And again, I don't know if you've if you've ever spoken to any of your classmates about this, but do you know what suicide is? Mm, yeah. What is it? Um, it's when somebody kills himself. Yeah. And so in the news, I would say, you know, can't remember the last incident, but there's been a lot of that happening with young kids, kids as young as like seven years old, eight years old, um, you know, have been killing themselves. And some of those cases have been due to being bullied in school. Right. Um, so, you know, being a sixth grader in, you know, a New York city, like public school with your friends, like, have you guys ever talked about, you know, suicide or what you've heard in the news about suicide? Do you guys even men, you know, talk about any of that stuff at all? Um, no, not really. I can't say because normally what we try and do is we try to have a nice day and, you know, like bringing the vibe down. Oh, OK. So you guys don't talk about that stuff because you don't, don't want to damper the mood. Yeah, but some but um, if it I can't not if it affects us, but like if we hear about it and we just want to like say it or talk about it, like sometimes like one of our friends will say, oh, did you hear what happened on the news the other day? And we'll say no. And if he knows, you know, we'll tell us. He'll tell us. But So it's safe to say that, you know, you guys are pretty happy kids over there at yeah. the school. So you guys don't necessarily really talk about um, issues like suicide or like depression or things like that. No, not really. Okay, but, um, well, that's good. That, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy. It's, it's really I'm good. happy to hear that because to be very honest... You know, when I watch the news and when I talk to my other friends who are, you know, who are mothers, mm -hmm. you know, one of our biggest fears is that, you know, our children <coughs> are experiencing, you know, bullying in school, uh, are experiencing or talking, you know, or know people who have, you know, either talked about suicide um, or, you know, they're dealing with kids who have depression or maybe our kids are depressed. You know, mental health has been such a big issue over these last few years that, you know, sometimes you guys don't like to talk to your parents. So we don't really know sometimes what's going on inside of you guys' heads. Yeah. But why do you guys, why is it that kids don't like to talk to their parents so much? I think it's because um, most of the time kids think, um, like, if... They're really upset sometimes. Like if they're really upset and they just and then no like what happens, and then they get even more upset because sometimes they think, oh well, um, you you won't understand. They don't they don't talk about it because they think, oh, our parents won't understand because they're older than us and it's happening now and they didn't experience it as a kid and we don't know that, so. Normally, we just tend to keep things to ourselves, but, um... Well, do you think that... So, you you said something, you know, a couple of seconds ago that was important, right? You said that sometimes, you know, parents might have gone through something, but you guys don't know that, so therefore, you don't really think to talk to your parents about certain things. Yeah. Do you think that if parents were more open about their childhood and, you know, the things that they experienced, that it would help? kids open up more to their parents probably um i think that 
parents don't have to share everything, of course, but um, just a little so that their kid can have an understanding that if you have a problem, you can talk to me about it because I will understand because I went through this or I have or I know somebody or I have a friend who went through this before. Okay. So I think that's very helpful, helpful, especially for us parents, um, you know, that work. And the reason I emphasize parents that work is because we're not always around you, right? So, you know, for eight hours of the day, um, you know, you're in school. And so you pretty much spend more time in school than you do at home with your parents. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, because kids don't tend to talk to their parents about what's going on, you know, we're at work all day and yes, we're working and we're doing what we have to do, but we're also worried about what's happening with our kids, especially since we can't be there all the time. Right. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, just being, you know, especially a single mom taking care of you. Um, and just having to work all the time. Remember when you were a little younger, I used to take you to work all the time? Yeah. I, I mean, I take you to work here and there now, but not so much, yeah. right? But there were times where it was like eight, nine o'clock at night, and you were at my office with me as I worked. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Fun, though. <laughs> it was very fun. Well, kids tend to find the, you know, find the office fun. But, you know, I bring that up because, again, you know, being a mother, just being a parent in general, you know, working and still having school-age children, mm-hmm. a lot of times we feel guilty that we're working so much because we can't spend as much time with our kids. Right. Um, and especially, you know, the times when you guys have, like, events and performances and, you know, school appointments or whatever, and we can't make them, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, we are so fearful and disappointing our kids. You know, we don't want our kids to hate us. We don't kid want our kids to, um, you know, to just to feel neglected. Um, you know, these are all the thoughts that are going through our minds, you know, and sometimes we want to know that our kids understand, you know, that we're not doing these things on purpose. So I want to take you back to remember the first, your first um, school performance this year. Yeah. And I tried to make it. Yeah. And I remember I was in the middle of a case and I told the arbitrator, I'm like, I have to make it back to Brooklyn because my kid has a performance. And at that time, my case was all the way in White Plains. So like it was far. Yeah. Right. And I remember that it was like four o'clock and I was still there. And so we tried to wrap it up as fast as we could. And they were like, all right, you know, I hope you can, you know, I hope you make it in time. And I'm like, well, I should, I should. But then the Metro North was late. And then, you know, the, you know, four train was late. And then I had to transfer. And I remember I took a cab from the train station to make it to your school And then I remember getting there and then you stepped out and you're like, oh, the performance is over. I can tell you that I probably, and you know, I don't cry. You never see me cry. Yeah. But I was almost to the point of tears because I was so upset. Not even really that the fact that like, I didn't get to hear like you play, but the fact that you knew that I wasn't there. So what were your feelings like? You know that time at that on that day when you were on there in the stage and you looked in the crowd, you didn't see me. 
Um. Well, um, I I knew you were at work. I knew I knew you were at work, and I I had a I had a feeling you had a case, and that was what's hold, that was what was holding you back. But um, no, I totally get it. I do. Um, but how did you really feel though? Because I know that you didn't feel too good about it. I mean, I did. I was upset. I really, I was upset. I actually did cry. But no, I know that you were late, and but I knew that it was okay because. You made it to the next one, didn't you? I did make it to the next one. I knew. And let me tell you, when I, I made it to the next one, and I made sure that you saw me, and I was the parent that kept waving in the crowd because I wanted to make sure. But I remember the moment you stepped on the stage, the first thing you did was look to make yeah, sure I was me, there. And then when you saw me, we did the little, you know, head nod. And I was like, you know what? I'm happy he sees me because I saw as soon as you walked out, the first thing you did was look to make sure that I was there. And so I was really happy that I was able to make that performance. And, you know, as parents, we, we really try to do the best that we can. But, you know, sometimes it's not always possible, right? Right. But we just want to make sure that the kids understand that. And sometimes, you know, we get it. You know, you guys are going to get upset. And, you know, we're, we're upset at ourselves already, though. So we just want you guys to understand that, you know, it hurts us, too. We don't, we don't just like, oh, we just missed it. You know, mm, better luck next time. We don't say that. We actually, you know, kill ourselves to try to make these performances and try to make things work. But sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. Right. So, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of the point that I wanted to convey, I think, to those who are listening and who are parents. So, you know, there are some guys listening too. So although, you know, this is focused on professional women, you know, there are men who listen too. But just to parents, you know, especially those who are single parents raising children, it's definitely not easy. And, you know, a lot, you know, we have a lot on our plates. We're trying to, you know, take care of the home. And then we're also trying to make sure that our kids are on the right path and that they're doing the best that they can. And so, you know, as you've heard from the kid himself, you know, the kids, they do feel it. They are sad, you know, when we don't make these, um, you know, performances or these, you know, big events in their lives. But they do understand at the end of the day. Um, so sometimes, you know, we might not be able to make everything and we have to be we have to understand that, you know, that's going to have to be OK. It would be a different thing, though, if parents were just skipping everything, right? Like, if I never came to any of your performances and I made no effort, you would clearly see that, right? Yeah. And so that's a different story, though, than a parent who tries, but not all the, you know, that but doesn't make it all the time, right? Right. And, you know, I just want parents to understand that it is okay, you know, if you can't make everything. We tr we're going to try to make everything, but sometimes it's just not, you know, it's just not manageable, especially, you know, for those of us who don't work for ourselves, right? We have to report to work. We work for other people. And so we're on their schedule. So if my boss says that I have a case, you know, in another state on a particular day where you might have a performance, I can do my best to see if I could switch it out. But if I can't, I'm going to have to go. But at least I understand, though, that, you know, if I have a conversation with my child, 
right? If I talk to you about it and I say, hey, Jediah, listen, I really wanted to come to this performance, but I can't come. I have to be out of state for a case. You know, it's good to know that you'd understand that at least I'm, you know, I tried, right? Yeah. So what is some, what's some advice you would give to, you know, mothers who, you know, are working long hours and, you know, just it's to, to everyone else. It seems like they don't have time to hand to to deal with their kid. Right. Yeah. What's your advice, I guess, to, to, to mothers, what's some comforting advice would you have to mothers out there who do have to work a lot? Like, you know, you being the kid who's experiencing that, what would be your advice to them? Um, well, I know you guys work hard and, it's hard sometimes because you always work and you're trying to keep the roof over our little heads. <laughs> um, but it's we. I understand because it. You know it happens. It happened at my last concert. I asked my dad to come. He said he would try and make it, but he couldn't. Um, and he um. We had a conversation. So the one thing I want to say is when you when you do say I'm going to try and you try and you can't make it <clears throat> at least at least tell them here's what happened. I I tried to discuss saying oh, I had a performance to go to for my son or my daughter or whoever it is and I couldn't make it cuz I really needed to do this one thing right now. Um, that's at least, that's one thing, piece of advice I can, I would definitely guarantee to use. And I guarantee it works. It works (laughs) on me. Well, that's good. Is there anything else that you would like to share, you know, and just to kind of like, again, you know, a lot of times, especially, you know, us as mothers, um, we really feel this guilt and sometimes this guilt you know, we take it to work. We're at work and we're worried. We're at work and we're feeling guilty. And, you know, I guess we just want to know from the kid's perspective, like, you know, what, you know, what can we really do, you know, to help, I guess, hmm, what's the best way to say this? What, how can we not feel so guilty, I guess? Um. Well, just know that as long as you have a good reason, your child will get over it. It will take some time, but they will get over it. If the reason is, oh, I'm sorry, I was just out with some friends and, you know, I said I was going to be here. I wasn't going to miss the performance and, you know, I just didn't make any effort. If that's the if that's the reason, well, that's a n- nice conversation I would not like to hear. But, uh... If you have a really good explanation and and good reasoning of why you did not go or you could why you could not attend, um, there's no reason to feel guilt because like I said, after a while 
when they decompose and start to decompose absorb <laughs> decompress absorb <laughs> uh, decompose the situation which means break it up into sections oh boy decomp i thought decompose means to like like decomposition when i think about the word decompose just, i'm thinking about uh i'm thinking about something that's like dying right like a flower <laughs> like that's a like that's like you know uh, becoming one with the earth, <laughs> right? Like when you have like a, I don't know. I'm thinking about roadkill. Oh, they they they're, they're decomposed bodies. But I guess you might be right. You know, I mean, I'm currently not taking any science classes, and you are, so you probably know. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even learn science. I you, learned this in reading. You probably know these terms better than me, but for some reason, that's what I'm thinking when I hear the word decompose. <laughs> I'll have yeah. to look that up after the show. <laughs> but yes, but, uh, continue. But once they break it down, once they break down the situation, they'll they'll start to absorb it bit by bit. And then after a while, they'll get over it and they'll forgive you. So it sounds like the bit of advice that you're giving to parents or specifically, you know, professional women of color who are in the workplace, you know, doing it all is that as long as there's an open line of communication with their child, things should be good and they don't and they should not feel as guilty, right? Yeah. That they can't make everything. There might be a everything. Yeah, I can't I can't promise you there won't be a little guilt because, you know, come home and they're like, "Oh, hey." And they're like Hey, mom. You sound so yeah, sad. Yeah, I mean, people have feelings, right? Yeah. Kids have feelings. Parents have feelings. So I get it. You know, there is going to be that level of disappointment, right? If you really, really wanted your mom to be, you know, at a school performance or to just be around to help with something and they couldn't be there, right. you know, of course, there's going to be a level of disappointment. But it's good to know that if, if parents keep an open line of communication with their children, um, that that should at least help alleviate some of that guilt and some of that disappointment. So disappointment on the child's end and the guilt on the parent's end, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I mean, this show is not going to be that long as we're, you know, 23 minutes in. <laughs> But I'm really happy that we were able to have this conversation because I feel like, you know, it's something that I've always wanted to address. And I know we've talked about it. I feel like we have a pretty good line of communication when it comes to these things. And, you know, I do try my best and I do try to uh, make it up when I when I fail. Right. <laughs> so after so that first performance that I missed. Um, I took that? into, huh? When was the first performance? I don't know if it was February or if it was the if it was December. It was, the f- it was it was maybe November. I think it was something within that first couple of months yeah. before the winter break. Um, and I literally like, I mean, the performance was still going on. I just missed your performance. Yeah. Um, but you know, afterwards. I took you to was it TGI or yeah, yeah I TGI. took him to TGI and I you know allowed him to order whatever he wanted like it was part of my guilt but it worked a little bit right 
ice cream. <laughs> it worked a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so sometimes, you know, sometimes we have to pay a little, I guess, to make things right. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact of the matter is, you know, as parents, we do try our best. And a lot of times we beat ourselves up more than anyone else. We don't even allow society to beat us up as much, right? We we end up beating ourselves up and we, you know, take, you know, full responsibility. We take full blame. We blame ourselves for, you know, not being around as much. And, you know, being a parent, I just want to let you know that it's very difficult, obviously, being a parent, especially in this day and age where there's so many things going on with your kids the fact that we can't be around you guys 24/7 does give give us some sort of heartburn <laughs> during the day um and again like i feel like kids really don't understand sometimes the level of worry and the level of care your parents you know have for you like to be honest my cell phone is always um on the desk whenever i'm doing a case and whenever the school calls me I've actually stopped cases and I'm like, my son's school is calling me. I need to take this call. Even if it's those stupid automatic automated (laughs) messages that are saying that (laughs) your son has a test tomorrow or, you know, your school is participating in a a walk for something like. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so sometimes I don't even know who's actually calling me from your school. Most of the time it's the automated thing, but it just goes to show that it doesn't matter um, you know, what it is, once the school calls, you know, I let everybody know that my son's, my son is my priority. So if the school is calling for whatever reason, everything stops until I find out what the school wants. Like, so like, 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 Hey, Hey, <laughs> Hey, it's my son. It's my son's school on the phone. So that's what happens. Um, and so sometimes I think kids don't understand like the, the love, like the importance that, you know, kids have in their parents' lives. Like things, everything stops when the school calls. Um, And so this, yeah, this episode was really just to kind of talk about a little bit about, we want, I wanted to talk about the mental health thing, um, you know, how kids perceive it, but I'm really happy to hear at least that, you know, you kids are not talking about um, suicide and depression. It doesn't seem like you guys are depressed. I mean, you don't seem depressed to me, <laughs> but I'm happy that you guys are actually living normal sixth grade lives. And some of these pressures that are can't, out there, can't say normal. Well, say maybe normal. not so normal, but meaning, you know, the things that we fear, like when we look at the news and we're like, Oh my gosh, a, a, a seven-year-old killed themselves. Like that's really crazy. And the, and sometimes these things are happening in the schools. And so it's good to know that at least with you and your group of kids that you interact with, that you're not necessarily experiencing these serious, serious, um, situation yeah situations and you guys don't even really talk about it because you're not experiencing it right 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 so that's good to know um that actually makes me feel a lot better (laughs) to be very honest Uh, but the only thing i can say is um for the mothers out there if your son is or daughter. Or daughter. Or daughter. Not assuming anybody's gender here. 
um, if they are in a bullying situation where they feel like, where they start to feel sad or angry or whatever they are feeling, just try and try and find out. Try and talk to them and see what ha- and see well, what's how happening. Would, well, let's talk about that for a second, though. Then how, if if a child is is being bullied at school, what are some signs from the kid's perspective that a parent should be looking for? Because again, we talked about this earlier in the show. Kids don't always talk to their parents about what's going on with them, right? Right. So how would I know that my child is being bullied in school if they're not telling me? What are some signs I could look for? All right. My teacher always, my reading teacher always says, your your the mother your your mother knows your child best because your mother knows your tell. When you lie, your mother can tell because you do something. Although that's, that's true, but let's just say that you know that might not always be the case. Again, I can say, oh my gosh, you know, I feel like something's going on with you, Jediah, and you could, no, nah, nothing's wrong. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I might feel like something is wrong, but I won't know what's wrong. So are there any visible signs that a parent should look for in a child that's being bullied in school? Um, uh, I can't really say. Um, I think one you should look for is their, um, their behavior, like how they're acting, like... If you can, if you can, if you can accurately pinpoint that your child is not um, acting how he, how he or she normally acts, that's one thing. Mm, you that's very look insightful. Out for. Okay. Um, another thing is, if they have a phone, please check their phone. So you're advocating that parents check their children's phones. Yes. Okay. And I you know. heard it you heard it first here on Frida's World Podcast. Now, now you know. Now you know, Mom. I don't like when when people check my phone, especially my parents. Mm-hmm. But not saying I have mom hiding anything, but like still. Okay. Like but you know, it's a good thing because now they know oh what's going on. Yeah, right? what's going on. Okay. So those those are those are two key points. So you said that if a child is being bullied in school, a parent can or a parent should look at their behavior, see if their behavior has changed, if they're not acting normally. So that might be a sign that they're being bullied or that something is wrong, right? right. And two, check their phones. Right. Now, would you recommend that they go as far as talking to other kids um, in the in their child's class um yes but really it i don't i, I really don't know because there there there's two ways that kid that that situation can escalate the kid the the who if the kids who are in uh, the child's class are bothering him and they're bullying him. Mm, so maybe they can the... stop. But the other thing, the other thing is, they can get even. They can get bullied even more. Like, oh hey, your mom came to the to the class the other day. I um, see. To to talk about bullying and saying you go, you're bully. You got you're you're getting bullied. Okay. It, it, what's that? What's all of that about? You snitched. You snitched to your mom. That's probably what. 
So the tactic that I like to use, you're saying is probably not the best because you know that when you tell me um, that somebody's bothering in your, you in your school, I usually ask you to point them out, right? Yep. Um, and the purpose of you pointing them out is for me to go and confront, right? Yeah. So you're saying that that tactic can make things worse in some yeah. situations. So I'm saying, like, there's one or two ways. I, those are the only, so the two pieces of advice I just gave, I those are the only two I, I can say that I have right now because I don't know about the others. So you don't think it's, it's so you're not recommending at this juncture that parents go to the school and start yeah. snatching up children? Yeah, because okay. when, when that happens... Parents can get into drama with the other parents or um, things can escalate with the child and the other child and um, and interaction-wise. So you're saying that the mantra of anybody can get it is not necessarily the best thing in the situation. Okay, okay. I'm learning something today. (laughs) Is this why you stopped telling me when people are bothering you in school? Yeah, but now that but now that I gave you and the other mothers out there advice, the oh, this advice, advice is for me too. Yeah, this, <laughs> <laughs> advice is for you too. Well but then, <laughs> so so now you will be hearing from me <laughs> when people are bothering me because I, I remember, I remember um, last year at my fifth grade show. Some kids were bothering yes. me, and I got really upset. Yeah, so I told my dad, and mom. Uh, mom you were there too and you heard and uh you were like wait wait who's bothering you? who's bothering you it was like mom i don't want to talk about it and then you kept asking me like dad was like listen he doesn't want to talk about it and i was like yeah i remember that and i was yeah. very upset because i'm like it's fifth grade graduation and you have haters bothering you at the school so i was ready to find out who these children were so that i could approach them yeah. And their parents, if need be. <laughs> but you did not afford me that opportunity. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I, I had to learn at that point to just the whole, walk away. The whole, <laughs> the whole fifth grade and fourth grade were there. And remember, I had friends in both of those grades. Listen. I, I wasn't trying to give up my reputation. I understand that, but it would also send a clear message to these <laughs> children that your mother doesn't play that. Yeah, my mom don't play no games. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this was very informational, very insightful. How did you feel about being on the podcast for the first time? Um, I like the experience. It's funny talking. It's funny talking in front of the the, um, the microphone. It is a good experience, right? Maybe one day you'll have a podcast of your own. <laughs> it's one day. One day. It's always an if, yes. and a but, and a maybe. And a maybe. Well, everyone, you have been introduced to the, what did I call you? The The offspring of my ovary? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You said, no, you said the wonders of my ovaries. I think it was the offspring, child. I don't know about wonders. It was the offspring of my ovaries. Um, AKA the kid, little J on the track. He has so many, so many names. Yeah. But um, thank you so much, JJ, for taking the time out on a school night to be on your mother's podcast no problem i think we talked about some important things today and i'm hoping that at least one parent out there um who's been feeling you know guilty about 
working and or working so much hopefully you know they would they will have um heard and accepted your advice one right? more yes one more one more piece of advice of course. he wouldn't be my child if he didn't have more to say go ahead <laughs> uh, just this is the last one um i know mothers out there are probably thinking well he's a kid what does he know trust me it's a lot different when an adult is telling you this because if when you're trying to get it from the kid's perfect perspective it's you, you want to get you want to talk to a kid about it cuz they might they might feel the same exact thing so i might not be old enough and grown but trust me i do know a little something about um uh Kids not opening up to their parents. Yes, and because to, to, <laughs> because you are one of those kids sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but we're working on that, right? Yeah, we're, we're doing gonna, better. We're, work on that. we're working on that. Yeah. Well, all right, everyone. It's a wrap for season two, episode twelve <laughs> of Frida's World Podcast. Turn telepathy right there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, thank you, Janaya. You're messing up my flow. You're <laughs> it's a wrap for season two, episode twelve of Frida's World Podcast. Again, I want to say a happy, happy Mother's Day um, to all the mothers out there. And real quick, you can follow Frida's World Podcast on Stitcher, Apple, and SoundCloud at Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A, apostrophe S, World Podcast. And you can also follow us on social media on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Frida Women NYC. That's our handle. And also, do not forget to go onto our website, www.FridaWomenNYC to shop some of the latest accessories that you can wear both at work, at church, at school, and at, at school play. And at play. <laughs> Thank you, Jediah. Yeah. But also um, go on there and check out our weekly blo- uh, bl- Jesus. blogs. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. blog class. Oh, my God. It's late. It's it's ten it's ten thirty at night. It's very late. I'm tired. But go onto the website and check out our weekly blogs um, that discuss all things professional women, from accessories to how to cope with you know mental illness in the workplace, how to you know deal with your coworkers and things of that nature. So again, it's www.freedomwomennyc.com and talk to you guys next week.